0: On today's Locked On Texan podcast, Cody and I look at the impact of the undrafted rookie free agent class and has the misconception of the relationship between Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans
1: changed? You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome everybody to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, hmm. part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Shout out to all of our everydayers. If you are a everydayer, make sure you tweet us at locked on Texans. You can tweet me at John underscore Hickman 12 or shout us out in the comments everyday because we are with nothing without you guys. This this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The official sports book of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com today to get started. And as always, I'm your host, John Some Sports Guy Hickman, and I'm joined by none other than Sports Illustrator's own Houston Credential Media member for the Houston
2: Rockets and Houston Texans, Cody. David, hey, hey, hey. Don't, don't forget evangelists oh, and don't man. forget uh, recording music artists. <laughs> okay, listen, we take one hat off, we put another hat on. Take one hat <laughs> off, put another hat on.
0: I got my Houston Rockets hat on, Cody has his Houston Texans hat on, and that's why you guys are here today to discuss your Houston Texans. Of course, we'll get into the misconception of the relationship between Nick Casario and new head coach D'Amico Ryans. Has that changed or? Was it ever really a misconception of what the relationship might have been? But before we do that, Cody, the Houston Texans did sign, I think, some great undrafted free agents. I can't wait to talk about them. The list goes, LSU's defensive edge, Ali Gay, pit wide receiver, Jerry Wayne, Arizona State running back, X validate Wisconsin offensive tackle, Tyler Beach, Duke defensive, defensive back, excuse me, Darius Joyner, wide receiver Jesse Matthews, offensive lineman Dylan Dethridge, and Memphis punter Joe Doyle. Cody, when you look at the guys that Houston brought in outside of the draft, the undrafted rookie free agent class, is there a player that here, and at the time of this recording, May 1st, wake up, wake up, wake up. <laughs> it's the first of the month. But is there a player that Houston brought in as an undrafted rookie that you think around training camp, August preseason time, when we're going into the season, Texas fans need to make sure that they know about?
2: Xavier Valade, the running back from Arizona State. This is a guy last season, this man rushed for 1,192 yards, 16 touchdowns, and 12 games he is an explosive running back coming out of the backfield however john with damian pierce being your number one running back with as of right now Devin singletary being your number two running back i'm looking at x validate more so from a standpoint of him being a reliable pass catcher coming out of the backfield um at arizona state last year he finished his career um recording 289 receiving yards, 37 catches with two touchdowns. And I do believe that depending on his development and depending on how this regime see Darway Wale, I think Darway's position here in the city of Houston might be in jeopardy because when I take a look at X, I'm looking at, once again, an explosive running back to where if you need him, he could rush the football. But at the same time, we always talk a lot about putting the rookie quarterback, which is CJ Stroud, baby. <laughs> but we always talk about – um You know, the Houston Texans providing enough weapons around CJ as of right now. And I do believe that X is going to be a reliable weapon for CJ to use when his name is called. And look, there's no disrespect to Darre. I truly have enjoyed covering Darre over the past season. Had an opportunity to get to know him pretty good in the locker room and stuff. However, John, as you alluded to on yesterday, you said no disrespect, but like you tell me, it's not disrespect when it's the truth, and a lot of these young guys are definitely going to put some of these older veterans out of the door off of 6 and Kirby. And when I take a look at Darway Agumbawale, and I take a look at the numbers game, and when I take a look at what an offensive team led by D'Amico Ryans can potentially look like, I'm not too sure if is going to have an opportunity to put on that Texans jersey in 2023. Yeah, man, and also with Validate, he ran a 4 four forty.
0: He is a one-cut back, loves to get to the edge whenever he runs. That's where a lot of his bigger runs come from whenever he bounces out to the edge. He's perfect for that zone run scheme, had three 1,000-yard seasons between this time in Wyoming and Arizona State. He is one of two undrafted rookie free agents that I really think can have an opportunity to compete for a roster spot. And Houston likes Validate as well. <clears throat> they gave him a 30 K signing bonus. He has a five year deal. Now the numbers on it is kind of weird, but it's a three year deal worth up to $2.7 million. That's more than 25 players in the sixth round and all of the seventh rounders. And he's an undrafted rookie free agent. So this franchise clearly has done it, their homework on him. And I'm not going to the comparisons. I'm not going to do it now, but his play style is one cut and go ability his ability to thrive in a zone run scheme. You guys may kill me in the comments, but I'm ready for it. Kind of mirrors and shades of Arian Foster a little bit. His game, play, not the not the necessarily the skill level, or how great he can be. But if you guys remember coming out, he was also an undrafted rookie free agent. <laughs> and he also thrived as a one-cut running back in that own scheme. But <clears throat> I like Validate. Another player that I really do like on this list is Jerry Wayne. He's a player that benefited from a very good pro day for Pitt, performed for all of the 32 teams in the NFL, 6'3", with nearly an 80-inch wingspan, a a 41-and-a-half vert, and a three-cone time of 6.85 and a 4.06 20-yard shuttle, ranked second only to Ohio State receiver Jackson Smith. Ninjigba. he isn't a speedier type of receiver he clocked as high as a four point five forty and as low as a 4.71 but what i like about wayne the most is his ability to make plays downfield whether that's those 50 50 balls in the air like that great miami game he had or whether that's just catching the ball getting out into some space and making some rack getting some getting some of those rack yards average 17.7 yards per catch last season for Pitt. Cody and listeners this year's training camp and the rookie training camp starts on May May 12th. So Cody will be mm-hmm. out there to bring you guys all of the updates and news, but it's going to be super competitive at every position, mm-hmm. but especially at the running back position. I'm looking at the battle between Mike Boone, who was signed in the offseason, season, Dari Ogunbowale, who Cody just mentioned, and now it's validay for who's going to compete for the third running back on this roster for the wide receiver battle. I'm looking at Jalen Kemp. I'm looking at Johnny Johnson. I'm looking at Amari Rodgers. I'm looking at Steven Sims. And now rookies, Xavier Hutchinson out of out of Ohio State, uh, and Jerry Wayne. That'll also be interesting. Traditionally, Houston, as of last season, they normally cared about four wide receivers or the roster on game day. Right? <laughs> there was times Cody and I would record on Friday and then wonder whether or not we'll see Rex Burke lined up in the slot to help Houston out because they just didn't have any bodies or they didn't want to put bodies on the field. Right. <laughs> so when I look at it this year compared to last year, I think that that number will go up. I can see Houston carrying up to six wide receivers on active game on the active roster for game day. And I think when you look at Noah Brown, uh Robert Woods, some of these veteran guys, if Hutchison comes out, or if, if Jerry Wayne comes out, or if Amari Rogers comes out, or some of these guys, who I can consider maybe on the bubble to either not make the roster or they're going to stash them away on that practice squad, which is the names I just gave you. But I can see those guys coming out. If they're having a great mini camp for the the rookies, if they're having a great training camp, if they're going out there and making it undeniable in preseason, I can see some of the guys like Robert Woods or Noah Brown losing out on potential snaps or maybe – As Nick Casario has done in the past, he he took a chance on you. Uh, Thank you for your services. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, the next guy up is now the guy up, and you're going to be out the door.
2: Hmm. Really quick before moving on, since we're talking a lot about competition, John, I want to dive more into this tomorrow. But um, another undrafted rookie that I like now I'm going to keep my eye on is Ali Gay, an edge rusher from LSU. Um, He finished his career with seven sacks about um, having a pair of forced fumbles, um, 18 total tackles. However, John, I'm looking at this from a standpoint. What does this mean for Jonathan Gennard? This is a guy, as of right now, um, the Houston Texans have not picked up their fifth year option at at the time of this recording. The deadline is for later today at 5 p.m. And when you take a look at the fact that not only did they sign Ali Gay, they also got Dylan Horton edge rusher from TCU, of course, Will Anderson, and the fact that you still have Jerry Hughes. And I think Jerry Hughes is another guy whose position is at least solidified as of right now. I'm looking at this from the standpoint of John Gennard, man. I'm not going to say that his position on this team is in doubt as to whether or not he make the 53-man roster, but I do believe given how the way Ali plays and the rest of these rookies develop, I do believe that we're going to be seeing less and less of John Gennard um, throughout this whole entire season. You know what? I want to piggyback off that. So I'll do
0: that as we start the second segment. That's a very good conversation that I think needs to be had. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's that's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Listen, it's super easy. Do you think Steph Curry is going to hit over or under two and a half threes? Do you think James Harden is going to reach his assist total? What do you think? You go out there and bet on it. And listen, right now, there's no better place to bet on all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
2: And it's a blessing, man. I, I I prayed for this. You know, I wanted to be here. You know, I told all the coaches. I even sent a message to the um, page on Instagram telling them to keep me home. Man, it's a blessing just to be here. I know it kind of affected me, but you know, it's a blessing to be where I'm at right now. This pick right here is this pick that I wanted. So, you know, I feel like I'm in a great situation. I thank all the coaches, you know, um, the GM, Coach Nick, um, D'Amico, all the coaches, Coach Ben, the receiver coach, everyone. I just thank y'all for, you know, letting me be here and, you know, get this opportunity. And also, you know, um, with that being said, you know, I um, wrote in my notes all the receivers that were took before me, even the DBEs, you know, I feel like like I said, it's on. Like, I feel like I got something to prove. I'm playing with chips on my shoulders, and I'm coming to help win and rebuild the program and get to that level that I know we will be at. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans. That was newly acquired, newly drafty. Tank Dale from the University of Houston. Um, Throughout the next couple of days, John and myself are going to play. You can tell he's from Miami,
0: too. (laughs) You can tell he's from Florida.
2: Exactly, yeah.
0: You can tell he's from Florida, too. (laughs)
2: Yeah, man. But throughout the next couple of days, man, leading up to um, rookie mini camp, um, we're going to just play sound bites of what, uh, what the prospects had to say right after they got drafted. John, I love draft season, especially when you can see the exact moment where a lot of these young guys um, reach their goals of making the NFL something that they have been working towards a lot. So we're going to play a lot. We got a lot of clips in store. Hopefully, you guys love it. And you know what? I'm glad you mentioned
0: that because I'm glad the draft season is over with. Now we can get to the football, but we also can get past the uh, microaggression and micromanaging of some of these guys' character or making oh, up things man. to – and I think it was Chris Ballard. Was it Chris Ballard? Mm-hmm. Under, he came out and said something. To, and shout out to Chris Ballard because he, somebody has to say it. Each year has gotten worse. Either it's gotten worse or we are just more involved than we had been maybe 10, 15 years ago when we were just watching the game as fans, rooting for some of our favorite players to come out of college. Uh, But it just seems like it's ridiculous now. Now, I do want to switch back over to something Cody talked about before we talk about the uh, Casario and D'Amico Ryan's dynamic. Looking at John Grenard looking at Roy Lopez rookie looking at
2: Blake Cashman <laughs> Blake
0: Cashman but you know Brevin Jordan um, mm. looking at Nico Collins looking at some of these players that okay what are you going to do now this is a this is a head coach that does not have any ties to you and I think Houston for the first time in a long time, we started to see it more last year. But if you look at the season before last and the season before that, when it was Deshaun Watson and, you know, a lot of the craziness, but it was a lot of Houston kind of getting who they can afford or who they can, you know, go grab really quick. Mm-hmm. Now, D'Amico's presence is going to change that. It already has changed that. And has I'm looking it. at the defensive line position, the wide receiver position, the running back position. I'm looking at majority of these positions on this team outside of quarterback, and I'm thinking to myself, there's going to be competition there now, real competition to where this franchise doesn't necessarily have to settle. And for a player like John Gruden, which I can't wait to highlight throughout the week, because we'll bring this conversation back. John Gruden, by no means of the stretch, is a bad football player. Let's get that mm-hmm. out there. But with a player that has been hindered by the lack of availability, then that can hurt your chances of making a 53-man roster. And coaching. And what? And coaching. And coaching, right, that is now overseen by someone new. This isn't the David Cully experience. This isn't the – Lovey Smith experience. This is a coach that doesn't plan on thinking and the way that they went about free agency, the way that they went about the draft, you can tell that they want to win some games this year and we can't wait to see that. I think Jonathan Grenard, when healthy, would be a great piece of this franchise. Hmm. And I think that with the addition of Will Anderson and John Gennard, if he's healthy at the same time, I can see D'Amico Ryan's getting creative with Jerry Hughes on the field as well. Right? They still got Ridgeway, collins uh, uh, Rankins, it'd be interesting but between the the training camp and preseason when we talk about competition and houston having to make some difficult cuts it's going to be this year hmm. now can we transition over to Demico ryan's and
2: nick asario's the misconception of that relationship Cody? well hold on john really quick if you don't mind Let's save the D'Amico Rhines and Nick Aserio talk. Let's close Girl, out with that. Close
0: with it. Let's close with it.
2: Because I kind of want to stay on this John Gennard topic because, look, I 100% agree with you. And I think everybody who has watched the Houston Texans over the last three seasons can agree that when healthy – John Grenard is not a bad football player. As a matter of fact, I do believe that John Grenard can still be a foundational building block for this organization to utilize in their rebuild. Um, And not only that, he is one of the leaders in the locker room. Like I've seen it, like John Grenard is one of those players to where when he speak, it doesn't matter if it's addressing a whole team, addressing the defense or just addressing his position group. The players listen to him, and you definitely want to keep somebody like that around. However, I think another issue is has been coaching. Jonathan Gennard is going into his fourth season, and D'Amico Rhines is not only going to be his third head coach, but Demico Rhines is also going to be his third defensive coordinator. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say coordinator because, look, that's what D'Amico Rhines is going to be as well. But every single one of... The previous coaches, the, the previous coordinators that Jonathan Gunnar had, I don't think that it was utilizing him in the correct way. His rookie season, he had the Anthony Weaver experience. Anthony Weaver gets up out of here. You replace him with Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith drops him down to defensive end. And even though he has shown Flashes, I do believe that he was still a little bit more valuable, utilized as his original position as a linebacker. However, however, with all that being said, it's going to be very interesting to see what can the Miko do for Jonathan Gunnar. Because look, I do believe at the end of the day, his number one issue is health. I do believe, as of right now, like I just mentioned, the Houston Texans have not picked up his fifth-year option, and I do believe that is the primary reason why he's in this position today. However, not only is it a numbers game with him, it's just finding a coach where he could finally have some stability. And it's unfortunate because Jonathan Gennard and several of these other young guys due to the nonsense that, that has been going on with this organization over the last couple of years. And you've been on this head coaching cycle. You've been on this coordinator cycle and carousel or or whatever you want to call it. That has literally hampered a lot of these guys development. So you know, I just take a look at John Gennard, man. Voluntary workouts, training camp, preseason is going to be very important for him. Like I mentioned, I believe in the first segment, I don't think he's going to get cut. They're going to be able to utilize him. However, I just hope he doesn't be utilized as one of those players to where it's situational purposes. Because when you get to that, then I say, OK, you might be on a bubble of, not continuing your career here with the Houston Texans. Well,
0: it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. So for Bernard,
2: like, it is, especially given the fact that I at least had some expectations for him when he first came out of Florida. And that's okay to
0: still have expectations out of him, right? That's that's number one. And I, I do want to say that his rookie year, he had the one sack. Uh, the so following the second year, year. sophomore year, he had okay. the A-sacks. Uh, but if okay. he becomes a situational player, we got to look at guys like Charles Omino, who, who's been successful as a situational player for the Houston Texans and the Houston Rockets. I'm sorry, and the San Francisco <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. We look at last year, had four and a half sacks, uh, played in all 17 games, but his snap count wasn't as a starter. Right? And so, like, if he is, if he's four and a half, five sacks this year. If this is a defense that's competing, if this is a top 15 defense, then that's a good role for him. And then maybe Houston can bring him back in for cheap, right? So, like, Grenard is a guy that needs to just stay healthy. Hmm. And when you're not healthy, people can forget. We're we're only having this conversation because we probably kind of forgot how good he can be when he's healthy. He went on that stretch in his sophomore year what was it five sacks in like six games or something mm-hmm. like that? And,
2: and he so, did finish the 2022 campaign on a strong note once he got over that foot injury and he started getting those regular snaps again. Yeah, end of the year off
0: uh, with a sack and a half. Uh, had that interception last season as well. He's just got to has got to got to stay healthy. Once he stays healthy, then you can kind of remember, oh, this is some of the things that he's good at. Hmm. Now he may lose out on the opportunity to beat Houston's. Number one, I'm your edge guy, sack go getter, tackle nah, for loss, go getter. That's gone. But, <laughs> 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 right. Will Anderson the and Terminators in the building, but that doesn't mean he can't have a role on this team. Mm-hmm. And I'd make the case of that with his skill set and how good he can be whenever he is healthy with a shortened, kind of a diminished role, that may work out better for both sides because mm-hmm. he's able to get it done. And maybe more of spurts and bursts compared to long term. And now Houston has a player that certain packages, certain situations, they know if they put this guy out there with that guy and that guy, that is a that is a package in a group that can go get the quarterback, that can make a quarterback's job difficult, that can maybe have some mismatch mismatches across that offensive line defensively. So, number one, staying healthy. He comes into camp healthy. He comes into camp ready. His body is healthy. His mind is ready. Physically, I think he'll be okay in terms of what he can do physically if he's able to play. Go out there and make some plays, plays during camp, excuse me, plays during the preseason. And then that would allow Domingo Ryans to look at him and say, you're not as big as the other guy that I got from y'all a couple of seasons ago in Charles Aminu, but I got something on this defensive line that I really think you can help us out with. And I'm gonna put you in this situation, and once you're in this situation, let's see how hard you can ball out. Go make some plays. By the way, if he's healthy, we don't know how Jerry Hughes' like his snap count may go down. and We may see more of John Grenard as a bookend with Will Allen, Will Anderson on the other side. Health is a big thing for Will Anderson, and if he stays healthy, not for that one, for for, for uh, John Grenard, if he stays healthy
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
3: It's been phenomenal. So, just can't say enough. And I think I've said it all spring. Just the opportunity to work with him. um, Just his thought process. And just the communication is constant. It's ongoing. Um, I think we philosophically believe in a lot of same things, things that are important. Um, I mean, he's been awesome. I mean, I can't say enough good things about him. So, I mean, I think he's everything that we envision. It's probably everything that you all saw when he was here as a player. Um, it's probably been the same. He's very consistent each day. Um, he has a lot of good thoughts. Um, his input is valuable and invaluable. Um, and just looking forward to the opportunity to continue to work with him. So as we kind of transition to sort of football, I'm sure he'll be excited to go out there and, I mean he's very hands on, so we've been out there. We were out there the other day in our volunteer rookie or our volunteer minicamp and he spent a lot of time on the defense, so I mean that's where his heart is. But um, you know, has a good understanding of the overall team, has a good understanding of the players. I mean, let's say all the players that we drafted. I mean, he was a part of those discussions, so I mean, can't say enough good things about just the opportunity to
0: work. That was Nick Casario talking about the relationship between himself and D'Amico Ryans. I want to keep this short and sweet, man. D'Amico Ryans is a guy that Nick Casario can trust. (laughs) In terms of, and it goes back to the press conference from last year, introducing Lovey Smith. And one of the things that always stood out to me was the difference in philosophies that they believed in. And you can see it. With the intent to draft Derek Stingley Jr. Well, when drafting Derek Stingley Jr., there was never a real intent to make him a zone corner. Only, <laughs> right? That was an issue. But Nick Sirianni saw the vision and understood what was at stake and passing up on a talent like that, because regardless of what people can, what people will say, Sauce Garden would have had the same issues here in Houston. Trust me. Hmm. But with D'Amico Ryan's, this is just a guy that he trusts that he believes that he can. You know, build a team for collectively working together, and they'll be able to get it done. I, I don't I don't think there's any other way to put it. Uh, you look at how they went about drafting CJ and trading up for Will Anderson. The that process alone showed you how much they leaned on one another, trusted one another, and it didn't matter what they gave up when you're trying <laughs> to win football games right now. And Nick Casario cannot afford another three to four win season. D'Amico Ryans did not come here for a three to four win season. And for this roster tonight, at least be competitive enough to win games. And so they probably were in their war room before the war room moment and said, We got to get the guys that we believe in. Let's do it at whatever it costs. And it worked out because Arizona was a team that was willing to trade anyways because they got hmm. their quarterback, right? At least they think they do. So. The misconception of the relationship between Nick and D'Amico Ryans, I think, has finally been able to be put to rest. These guys are working together to bring a championship to the Houston Texans and to the city of Houston.
2: Well said, man. Um, I, I do want to add this. When you take a look at the fact that the Houston Texans walked away with both C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson Jr., that Alone, let you know that both of those guys are working together because throughout this whole entire <laughs> draft process, you know, we were saying that you know, Nick Osirio needed a quarterback, D'Amico Ryans wanted his, um, the defensive prospect that he can build around on that defensive side of the ball. And the fact that you know, throughout this whole entire si- time, we were saying either or, and they ended up with an opportunity to walk away with both of them. John, when you take a look at Nick Osirio for the first time, he does seem relieved like there is some type of a weight off his shoulders because he finally has his head coach it's kind of unfortunate that he had to waste two years of his regime um in order to get that head coach regardless of what you think about um david cully and lovey smith um at the end of the day we all knew that those was not his head coaches uh he finally has his head coach in D'Amico, and you know he is ready to win. He is ready to move forward with his, with his rebuild. I had an opportunity to ask him about moving forward with the rebuilding process. Of course, didn't really answer the question the way I wanted to. Um, but at the end of the day, you can tell by the moves that he has made, the players that he has brought in, the coaches that he that he allowed the Miko Ryans to go out there and hire to put on his staff. Man, it's just phenomenal. And I just hope that Everything that has transpired ever since the Miko Ryan has been hired, hopefully it pay off and wins in twenty twenty three.
0: Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans, like us on Facebook, give me a follow on Twitter at John underscore Hickman twelve. I am currently fifteen followers away from seven hundred on my <laughs> new page. I had you know they got my page a long time ago. So if you are listening and have a Twitter page and do not follow me, give me a follow and make sure you
2: follow the Locked On Texans at Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.